NextGen Talks is an initiative of PwC Nigeria's NextGen Club, featuring family business owners, NextGens, successful entrepreneurs, and professionals. NextGen Talks, shaping the African family business narrative. Welcome to Episode 2 of NextGen Talks, an initiative of PwC Nigeria's NextGen Club, my name is Chinasa Kent Ugu, the host and the NextGen Club co-lead for PwC Nigeria. At PwC, we find that succession planning is a perennial problem for family businesses. We see this in every service cycle and at many of the family businesses we work with. And this, in large part, is because many family business leaders, about 46%, say they're reluctant to pass the button to the next generation. With this in mind, the topic for this episode is Changing of the Guards, Partial or Full Control, the event where the founder is reluctant to hand over the reins of leadership completely to his next generation. Joining me shortly on this episode is a PwC NextGen Club member who's also an entrepreneur, speaker and a consultant. But first, listen to our NextGen Talks Nugget for this episode. NextGen Talk Nuggets on succession planning for today is. It is important to provide different family members who have varying levels of education, experience, and knowledge with needed understanding and insight about the family's business in order to build and maintain the trust required to sustain the company's long-term vision. Nikki Anani is an entrepreneur, speaker, and a consultant. She was rated as a top 100 family business consultant globally. She helps her clients bridge the gap between the senior and younger generations. As a result, they communicate, collaborate, and collectively gain clarity to increase profits and productivity in their family businesses. With over a decade of family business expertise in Nigeria, Nikki helps owners lead their family organizations to long-term impact and legacy. Her inside experience as a second-generation family business owner birthed a passion to help other families in building legacy enterprises that would outlive them. Nika is an accountant, ex-Deloitte UK, and a top-rated family business expert with a family business and wealth advisor qualification from Family Firm Institute. She is the co-founder of African Family Firms, a pan-African association of family businesses, and the host of the Connected Generation podcast, a top 10 family business podcast globally. Nikkei's clients choose to engage her, not only because of her extensive professional training, but also because of her practical experience as both a business founder and a next gen. This allows her to uniquely empathize with both generations and act as a connector. Nikkei is a champion for diversity and celebrates the uniqueness in every individual family and business. Welcome, Nikkei, and thank you for coming on NextGen Talks. Thank you, Janessa. It's an honor to be here. Fantastic. So before we go into the session, I'd like to ask you what your thoughts are on the NextGen Talks nugget for today. And would you like me to just remind you what it is, or should we just go on? Please, a reminder will be helpful. Okay, so our NextGen Talks nugget says it's important to provide different family members who have varying levels of education experience and knowledge with needed understanding and insights about the family's business in order to build and maintain the trust required to sustain the company's long-term vision. What are your thoughts on this, Nikkei? 
I completely, completely agree. I think that quite often what we see in family firms, particularly in a first generation businesses, it seems that the founder is the hero and the founders building the business, running the business, and typically other family members may be passive. Right. In reality, mm-hmm. whether family members are aware or not, mm-hmm. they are all subconsciously contributing their resources, different types of capital, financial, social, intellectual, mm-hmm. human capital that the founder draws upon right. and builds and marshals towards the business. Now, when we're moving into a second generation business Mm -hmm. where, like you said, different family members have different experiences and exposures, some might not have been on the battlefield, some might Mm -hmm. have been, you know, on the sidelines, it's important that they do build up that and we level out the level of understanding and knowledge so they build up their confidence. Right and their competence to see that actually they do have value to bring to the table Um, and that value Mm -hmm. might not necessarily be as a manager of the business it might be as an owner it's important that families are able to collaborate Mm -hmm. to communicate and collectively gain clarity on what is the vision? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. What is the mission? How will we get there? Mm-hmm. And what is the conviction? What is our deeper purpose and our values? And every family member has to be involved in that process. Mm-hmm. It has to reflect all the family members. It, it's not about individual rulership, but about collective leadership. Wow. That's interesting. You see, I wasn't going to go into the questions, but I think that you've just, the questions just come up because I'm wondering how feasible or realistic is it to get everybody on the same page, given that, you know, everybody's got varying interests, backgrounds, just because we're family doesn't mean that we sort of share the same values and doesn't that value system feed into the overarching vision and as you call it, the, the purpose, right? So how, how realistic is it to get everybody to be on the same page? I think it's it's very realistic. It's based on what people's expectations are. Right. Now, it's important to understand that we will compromise, mm-hmm. right? We all are members of institutions where we have shared purpose and shared values. Okay. And we were not necessarily builders of these institutions. We're members of social clubs, we're members of churches or mosques, we're members of even in corporate, right? right. When I worked in Deloitte, mm-hmm. I didn't set the tone or the culture of the organization, but I I did very much feel a part of that family. Right. So it's not going to be, like I said, it's not about individual rulership. Mm-hmm. It's not about the imposition of values or imposition of vision and mission right. on a set of people. It's collective, collective leadership. Fantastic. And in that collective leadership, we need to explore together what is our shared purpose. Right. So not the purpose of one person, the purpose of, of the all of us family. as a family, mm-hmm. the purpose of the family business. The purpose of, in some instances, we might have a family foundation or a family office. What are shared values? So, you know, we might all have different values, but 
what keeps us united and you know um, what's the common denominator between all of us in the process of defining these shared purpose shared values mm -hmm. we need to come to the conclusion to understand um, what is a compelling reason for us to stay in business together as right. a family yeah and that might not be everyone working in the business mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um like i said um, some will be owners some will be shareholders right. passive active some will be working in the business but mm -hmm. it's important to this we won't be able to get to this conclusion if we don't know what are our relative strengths as individual and what we're able to bring to the table Correct. that we can marshal towards the longevity right. of the business right Fantastic. Thank you very much, Nika, for that answer and for sharing your thoughts. So I'll move to the next section, which is for you to share with us your next gen story and a bit about what you do. And given your thoughts that you shared on this nugget, clearly, you know, a lot about, you know, family businesses and from your profile, you know, that's um, essentially what you do. So it would be interesting for you to share that with us. Yes. Yeah, so family business is my life story. My mm -hmm. father set up our first family business the year I was born. Oh. So he was a medical doctor okay. when I was born. My mum was a young teacher, but they couldn't afford to give myself the standard of living they wanted. So right. my father had his entrepreneurial venture on the side. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years later, would resign from practicing medicine and wow. went into full-time entrepreneurship. Okay. Mm. And so I guess entrepreneurship is, I've always seen it, it's always been in my life. Mm -hmm. um, at age nine, myself and my brothers and my mum, we moved to the UK. Okay. And so I was educated in the UK right. and I worked, after university, I worked in Deloitte, like I mentioned, um, where I trained up as a chartered accountant right. in corporate tax international. Mm -hmm. But something in me was gnawing for more and i didn't really know what that was i just it was felt like like a very hollow experience yep divorced from my deeper purpose uh -huh. and so i remember having a phone conversation with my father and he suggested why don't you come to nigeria and see the real business world maybe you're just bored and, and what was your reaction up, to that um i took him up on the offer i was like yeah that's fine i'll okay. come for three months right so the plan was three months mm -hmm. and I had planned to go traveling after that and then go to business school just to give myself margin to discover myself yeah and I got to Nigeria and I saw Nigeria through a completely different lens mm -hmm. I experienced entrepreneurial Nigeria and I fell in love with it and so I was in Niger for 10 years wow I, from I three mean... months to 10 years <laughs> three months to 10 years yeah I started working with him in the family business. By this point, it evolved into a construction business and a right. real estate development company. Okay. And obviously, I was 24. Right. So I was quite young. Mm -hmm. And But I was given so much responsibility. And I found that quite challenging because I didn't know anyone else that was working with their family mm -hmm. and had to shoulder this heavy responsibilities and had to learn how to manage and lead teams of people that were significantly older. So right? is it fair the to culture, say you were you were thrown in, in the deep, like just coming in 
to Just Nigeria. coming in, right? No training. Wow. In a culture where there's a, a lot of emphasis on respect, you know, elder dominance, that and Correct. respect, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In Deloitte, it was very much a, a very linear corporate culture. I know, and exactly, mm-hmm. I came at the bottom of the rung, and I was, you know going through the motion and <laughs> going through all the steps prescribed steps right but back in the family business it was just it felt like the wild wild west there was no structure <laughs> there was no i had to carve out my own path and find myself and right. find my feet find mm-hmm. my own leadership voice right and then i also noticed that decision making was quite interesting in the family business mm-hmm. decisions that would typically take us in Deloitte maybe three four months to make would take my dad 30 minutes wow and the, also the inverse was true mm-hmm. so decisions that should take us 30 minutes would be taking he, he would sit on them right and so I found it really difficult to suggest my ideas mm-hmm. um, to try to affect change um, and what have you and it took me a long time to to realize and learn that I wasn't being impactful and persuasive enough in my communication style. Right. I came across as a critic rather than a catalyst for change. Okay. So to cut a long story short, going along my personal leadership journey of mm-hmm. who am I as a leader? Right. Because my entry into the business disrupted a lot of things, a lot of people, some were happy, some were not. Okay. Um Right. How did, how did you get this impression? Was this from reactions from working with them or you just didn't feel like they were collaborative? Well, some just a couple resigned. Oh, wow. How did you figure yeah, that so, was because you were, <laughs> you were in the company? So for some context, when I came into the business, there was no structure. There was no HR. There okay. was no finance. There was no audit. Mm-hmm. There was no SOPs. Right. And with my Deloitte training, I of came course. in and with all of that structure. All those. Right. Yeah, and there were some people, unfortunately, that were profiting off the, the lack, lack of structure. structure. Mm. Right. And so the change in culture was just, they didn't like it and they left. Right. Okay. Others, as human beings, became accustomed to a certain way of doing things. Before, Chairman said we can do ABC. Well, mm-hmm. Chairman is not just making a decision <laughs> now. So <laughs> now we have to be subjected to a different process. Right. And human beings don't typically like change and there had to be reorientation of stuff. But sure. others enjoyed the transition and found that they were empowered, mm-hmm. which was quite exciting. And there was also entrance of new crop of staff as well but a different mindset family business mm-hmm. yeah which was really exciting so it was a season of a lot of learning in the mm-hmm. deep end like you kind of alluded to a lot of there was no hr with my training calendar for the year and all the competencies i had to develop and i had to become my own hr manager okay and drive my own learning join associations and communities where i could learn from on training programs Mm -hmm. get mentors um and so it was really but i absolutely absolutely loved the experience Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. yeah as stretching as it was obviously (laughs) yeah it was a lot of work right um yeah it was a lot of change 
Okay, so you know the topic we're discussing on this episode is changing of the guards, partial or full control. And from your story, I just wanted to, if you could share in your experience, do you feel like if your dad were to hand over the business to you, he would want to hand over completely with zero um, involvement or do you think it would be, there will still be some level of involvement? <laughs> so my father, my father is 59. Right. So context, my father's very young. Um, mm-hmm. If he told me he was retiring tomorrow and was giving me full control, mm-hmm. I would laugh and be like, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll see you tomorrow in the office. Why is that? Is that because um, of his age or is just a personality thing or is this just both okay his age right i mean he's very restless what will he be doing on a day-to-day <laughs> basis like unless i find him a job or something right. i'd literally have to create a career for him and okay. keep him fully engaged in that yeah so complete changing of the guard at this stage in our family's journey is unrealistic maybe in 10-15 years it might be it might look quite differently but a partial changing of the guards increased kind of devolution of responsibility and influence mm-hmm. to the rising generation. I think we've already seen that. Seen that. Okay. We've already seen greater voice, not just of myself. Right. You know, I gave the analogy of those on the battlefield and mm-hmm. those on the sidelines. Right. So it was just my father and I working in the business, but behind the scenes, my brothers and I, we had started forming a siblings partnership and evaluating and exploring between ourselves what Mm -hmm. is our vision for the family enterprise where's this whole thing going how are we going to get there and how are we going to influence change Mm -hmm. starting now not just waiting till we're formally Mm -hmm. handed over um, keys right right and so we formed the family council and we meet regularly Mm -hmm. we've then had clarity of vision and mission and conviction to influence the family enterprise, both on the investing side as well as on the operating business side. Right. So was this done with your father involved in that process or was this just the siblings? It started with just the siblings. Okay. We first had to gain clarity on who we are as siblings, um, as a siblings partnership rather. I think a common issue we see in our side of the world or to be honest everywhere is siblings have a lot of experience being siblings right but not enough experience being partners and Hmm. that partnership usually is called the test in moments of crisis okay so usually Hmm. the founder passes away and then suddenly we're scrambling around who's going to take over the business who's Mm -hmm. going to sort out the assets and they're forced to go into partnership then. Right. And they don't know how to. Moments of high stress and they've not had experience on working together, collaborating together, communicating together, even understanding who they are and where they're heading together. Mm -hmm. There's very little cohesion. And ideally, you want to be forming that partnership and trying out that partnership during the lifetime of the founder. Yeah. Such that when the inevitable happens... We can hit the ground running, running so right. to speak. Obviously, it's still going to be bumpy because death is not linear. Death is grief is hard in itself, and mm-hmm. um, you know there will be surprises. Right. But for sure, the journey will be a lot smoother having practiced collective leadership, 
having had clarity together where what do we all want with all family members Mm -hmm. all family members and having that founder in the room to kind of moderate in instances where there might be conflict we we all want to go in three different directions yeah but we can then go back to dad and be like okay what do you see now what's your view of all this Mm -hmm. instead of postulating well daddy would have wanted it or mommy would have wanted that or yeah I would have been he would have wanted me to be in charge of ABCD postulating and hypothesizing that which we have zero clarity over. Yeah. Okay, so I think that what you've just described sounds like what everyone should be doing and all businesses. Do you think that a lot of family businesses in Africa are beginning to sort of have this sort of preparation or is this still very new and what are you trying to do about that with your work? It's still very new. Unfortunately, in Africa, we're conditioned to think very short term. Okay. And it requires a reorientation of mindset right. from lifetime thinking or even I would even say I'm not sure we're even lifetime thinkers in Africa. I think we're just survival. Survival, yeah. Yeah. Mhm. So to reorient from survival to legacy mm-hmm. means if we're trying to build a legacy, we have to be very long-termist and build and dig deep deep foundations right. um, now to see the returns and the rewards for generations to come so there's still a lot of reorientation of the mindsets of our community to, mm-hmm. to embrace this type of thinking yeah and not just focus on okay we need profits in the business we need cash we need revenue that's true we do but um if we want a legacy business or a legacy wealth to protect the family from you know poverty future generations and also to ensure that the business continues to be a helm in communities continues to be a bedrock in the economy mm-hmm. then we have to do some digging deep now and it's counterintuitive that digging deep is not just investing in the business and coming up with great strategies mm-hmm. and have you that investments also on ourselves as family members right, right taking time to have considered conversations where is this going who are we how are we going to get there what are our individual roles in this wider picture mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what have you having these conversations and ironing these things out um very very important very important well okay thank you for that nika So my next question is about the father-son rivalry. Um do you think this is a big issue in Africa? You know, the situation where the father feels like the son will never be man enough to run the business and then, you know, tries to hide that feeling from his son, but you know, at the back of his mind he just feels like this man or this person is never going to be me and won't take it as seriously as I would. Is this an issue that from your interactions with different family businesses is this a big issue? Yeah, I would say so, but I wouldn't make it gendered. I think it's okay. just a father-child child. Okay. relationship. Fair enough. I think it's difficult for parents to family business owners to divorce and separate their identities as parents from their identities as employers. Mm-hmm. And typically they see their children as their little babies that need protecting and yeah. um need guiding as opposed to seeing them for who they are as adults with having gone lived a different life to them with different exposures and different ideas yeah and so the issue really is one of moving from 
as I often say, a monarchy to a democracy. Right. Where we're able to encourage submission of ideas from a wider range of people mm -hmm. because the founders have typically been so used to being the custodian of all the ideas. Right. And now it's really leaning in and your child might not have had the same life experience as you. They sure. might have been educated abroad or mm -hmm. they might have worked in corporate or they have a flair for technology. And it's the humility that's required to lean in and think, what can I learn from you? Right. And that humility goes both ways, mm -hmm. by the way. It's not just True. one a unilateral <laughs> one. Correct. Right? So I think it's, it's often very difficult for founders to see to divorce, like I said, their relationship as parents, mm -hmm. where in our culture as parents, they have say they can dictate to you what to do. Yes. Um, their their <laughs> age gives a them a premium mm -hmm. where they should be respected mm -hmm. and you should not question. <laughs> and that dynamic plays itself in the business. It does. Even where an employer-employee relationship need not be that way. True. Um, it often is in our side of the world, but... Mm -hmm. We can have an environment whereby we encourage, like I said, contribution from everyone. From everyone. And not just contribution. Mm -hmm. In fact, what we want is not just not just contribution of ideas and solutions, but mm -hmm. also we want everyone to challenge the status quo. That's, That's where innovation happens. But isn't that where it's the culture comes, where, it comes in the way, right? Gets in the way because to challenge is to be seen as disrespectful right so you said that when you came in to introduce some of the changes then people left like how do you leave your source of livelihood because someone has come to make the business better mm -hmm. gc mm -hmm. so i mean mm -hmm. nothing good happens in the place of status maintenance absolutely of the status of, course, of course nothing great will and i think this notion that we can have it all mm -hmm. we can please everyone right those that are upholders of heritage, mm -hmm. whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, and those that are pushing for the new and the novel mm -hmm. is the fallacy. And right. I think it's important so you, you for have us to, stick to reflect. To one. Uh -huh. I believe it's important to be congruent with who you are okay. and be authentic with that. Right. Some people will be happy, some will not. That's fine. But what is important to you as an individual? What are your values? Yes. That is, I believe, is where the starting point is. Where are so, we going? Yeah, and I think if we take a step back and you look at a lot of the founders, they've been cultural pioneers in many ways. They've been rebels to some degree, True. right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because to be able to build something that doesn't exist, despite against all odds, where people tell you it's not possible, mm -hmm. to be a visionary and see things in your mind's eye that others can't see can't in their see. physical eye yeah. and be able to bring that to life it's not beans True. Um, it will take some fighting <laughs> and disagreements for sure mm -hmm. yeah and so this notion that you know change comes with ease or building comes with ease or legacy comes with ease is we must dispel that right the truth of the matter is what we're placing our eyes on and what we're working towards is far bigger than these these costs so to speak along the journey absolutely um yeah so i believe that a lot of family business owners and leaders will find themselves as cultural pioneers going to places that others have not mm -hmm. doing things in ways that others have not mm -hmm. but i believe that it's in these places that we will unlock innovation 
and so much creativity. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that, Nika. So we're going to have just one more question before we end this episode. And it's just sort of looking at the possible solutions to this issue we have on the continent. And I guess maybe globally, and you can tell me if it's a global issue, I believe it is. What's the best way to address, you know, this issue of changing of the guards where the, the founder is reluctant to hand over the reins completely? How can we actually fix this issue? I think firstly is to understand the perspective of the founder, okay. um, developing and operating from a place of empathy. Who's operating Found- from a place of empathy now? The founder or? If you're the next generation okay. or non-family staff, it's right. important to understand the perspective of the founder and okay. operate from a place of empathy. Okay. You know, there's lots of metaphors and analogies that say a business is like a baby to the founder. Correct. And there have been scientific studies that show that actually mm-hmm. when founders think of their businesses, the same areas of their brain that um, are activated when they think of their babies, yes. their actual physical babies are actually, they light up as well. There's even one so, that sees a mistress as well. <laughs> a baby exactly. or mistress. So there's a deep emotional bond right. with the business and to suggest separation from that business can feel very distressing for the founder who is then also grappling with fear of their mortality because retirement is really a signpost for your entering into the latter phase of your life correct and also it represents the loss of their identity Mm -hmm. the identity has been wrapped up in building this business their loss of significance right and in fact founders are often dealing with a lot of anticipatory grief Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so the manner in which we're handling someone that's dealing with trauma we have to be extremely delicate in that and not preach at that person okay but speak to the person in empathy right and to bring about the desired change that we want that's what I would say. And to be able to understand, deeply understand the perspective of the founders, mm-hmm. to listen. Mm-hmm. Seems very simple. Listen. Exactly. I was just gonna... <laughs> observe. Right. And learn. Observe, listen and learn to understand the perspective of the founder, what they are feeling, mm-hmm. what they're thinking, what they're seeing, what they're hearing. Right. The reality is that their perspective is likely to be different from yours. Their priority is likely to be different from yours. And so before just trying to marshal change Mm -hmm. and grabbing on to responsibility, it's important to know what it is that is important to them. Okay. Um, And then when you are in a position where you're learned (laughs) on... (laughs) The way they see things, right. the lens through which they see life, which mm-hmm. is their reality. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're able to communicate your ideas in a manner that will sound and sing well with them. Right. So, for instance, mm-hmm. um, I've observed that a lot of founders are typically more focused on the short to medium term. Okay. And next gens typically are more focused on the longer Long term. term. Mm-hmm. And so for founders, typically, are they want to see more revenue, more cash flow, higher productivity. Mm-hmm. 
And so if a fa- a next gen is submitting an idea on how we can make this business more legacy, money. <laughs> multi-generational for your great-great-great-grandchildren, yeah. how is that going to bring money to the table to... now? Exactly. So yeah. your ideas just need to be communicated and articulated to highlight the benefits that sing and, you know, keep the founder up at night Yeah. Um, to be able to be more persuasive. Right, right. So in a nutshell, that's essentially, you know, finding that fine balance between what the founder wants when you understand, you know, their short term view and being able to just also then show them, you know, what, what I can give in the short term versus the bigger picture in the long term and just getting that across to them in the best possible way. Right. Yes. OK, well, thank you very much, Nike. And to end this episode, we'll just like you to share two top recommendations that you think are important to foster succession planning or business continuity in Africa? Number one, I would say start with conversations as a family. Okay. It's important to have clarity of vision, clarity of mission, clarity of conviction as a family. That's what I would firstly say. And the second I would say is to seek to collaborate so collaboration is not domination of one person's view, but it's really about the wider stakeholders, about yeah. the collective. Okay. And if you can build the clarity, the collaboration and the communication, you're setting yourself up for a good stead to build a legacy family enterprise. Thank you, Nikkei, for an amazing conversation and for coming on NextGen Talks. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We have come to the end of this episode of Next Gen Talks, but before I go, here's a quick note to all family business owners. Remember, conflicts and differences of opinion are inevitable. We're only human, but the emotions involved in family discussions can be difficult to resolve internally. Thank you for listening. Next Gen Talks is an initiative of PwC Nigeria's Next Gen Club, featuring family business owners, Next Gens, successful entrepreneurs, and professionals. Next Gen Talks, shaping the African family business narrative.